Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. Sharman, what's going on? We finally could talk about a win for the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally. <laughs> everything is going on. Uh, Jets is in the front page. The Jets are on every uh, pundit's tongue. All over TV, uh, Twitter is ablaze with plays repeating over and over of the same four plays of Zach Wilson. It is uh, awesome to see, man. It's not even it can't that can't annoy me not even a little bit. Trust me, we haven't had a little bit of that kind of uh, happiness around these jet spots in a long time. <laughs> yeah, we're actually getting. We're actually getting good coverage, not all really bad coverage as usual. So that's a yes, sir. good change of thing. It's all, it's the team's first victory and it's our first uh, victory that we could actually talk about, which is awesome. We beat Tennessee 27-24 off of a missed field goal in overtime by Tennessee. But let's get into the game a little bit. What, what's your thoughts <clears throat> about the game? How did it go? I mean, I'm. We might be the last ones uh, since we we're recording on Wednesdays. So uh, on Wednesday this week, uh, uh, apologize to our our frequent listeners. Um, little schedule issue, um, but I think everybody has spoken about it. Um, our defense showed up big uh, and gave the offense just enough time to raise up. And Zach Wilson just showed out. Definitely, that's exactly what happened, man. Um, everything that wasn't working in the first quarter, the first half, just came alive um, and just started working. And Jets um, front seven, front four just kept pounding Tannehill and uh, just kept giving the offensive chances, offense chances, and led to a win in the end. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot to be uh, happy about here. Uh, there's a lot of things that we should be talking about. There's the play that that's heard around the world. Uh, the one where he's directing Corey Davis to, after he saw the safety step up and on that invert. Uh, you see, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it, listen, man, I just want to be a fan for a second. it's incredible it's incredible yeah it's incredible i think uh i was a little jealous because you know what that's what i wanted when we went to see the game Mm -hmm. that kind of performance it didn't even have to come to that level even if it was something where he had one or two big plays that's what i would i came to the stadium for unfortunately i didn't get and uh, whoever showed up, the diehards that showed up for the Tennessee Titans game, they got they got a they got a game, they got a, a performance of a Jets lifetime, I guess. <laughs> but um, game plan, guys, all the time we were talking. I, I was talking about um, how rhythm matters not only for the QB but also for the play caller. Uh, 
nobody, we were right to criticize uh, um, Mike LaFleur. Very true. He, he made a lot of mistakes and he did a lot of things that were putting his quarterback in issues. But one of the things that's needed for play calling to work is execution. Players doing what they're supposed to do, run the right routes at the right depths, quarterback at the right depth drop, uh, his, his whole quarterback uh, mantra from his foot placement to his shoulder placement to his arm placement, to his head placement to his toe, toes pointing to the right direction. All that needs to work perfectly for a completion. And when you have something slightly work against you anyway, especially when you're talking about players playing in a system that they're not, they haven't been playing for years. So a guard goes left instead of right, the quarterback uh, uh, um, stepping the wrong way, angling the wrong way, wide receiver going to the wrong depth, everything was going wrong for the Jets. In this game, it literally just happened. It just, it was forced, it was forced to happen by that run that there was a, a the drive where they had that, that rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. I think that was the drive where it, it literally started everything. I think, I think you saw, um, yeah. you saw LaFleur start, start with a little quick game, little short, little short routes, um, just a lot of, uh, um, you know. You could tell he opened up the, the playbook once they got rolling. You know, it wasn't like the, the uh, it seemed like up until that point, it seemed like it was a very, uh, like, the, the, like the playbook wasn't fully opened yet. It almost felt like it was very generic plays, nothing creative. But once that, once that drive happened and they got into a little bit of a rhythm, you could tell he was starting to open up the playbook a little bit, started taking chances downfield. You know, it was, it was a little different than what we, we have seen in the previous three games. And that's the thing. And that's what I'm trying to say. There's two things here. The, the issue, the, it goes two ways. It's, it's not just, it's not the playbook being opened. It's like, it's that you get into a play calling rhythm. It's like, okay, if I get, uh, a slant play, you know, a slant flat play. He reads it, hits the flat, the slant, uh, 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 um, uh, a play, a stick play. He hits the stick, uh, um, a corner route, um, missed the corner route. Okay, boom, come back, let's go. A uh, 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 over route, he hits the over route. A comeback route, he hits the com comeback route. Then, then you like, okay, well, here we go, here we go. So he could call other, you got an arrow route here. Then you call something else. You call other concepts, a China concept here, you know, and then it just evolved because that's what play calling is. It's a chess game. So you're calling plays that are working against the defense and you're watching the defense and you're watching the defense reaction to what you're calling and you're, and you're calling off of what you see there, what's working, not only what's working for your team, but what's working against that defense or what they're doing. How they're reacting to your play calling. So, so the more Tennessee reacted in a specific way, he reacted in a specific way. And I think uh, the aggressiveness 
helped because I think it put Zach Wilson into a place where he's familiar with. Zach Wilson was born into as a quarterback, not, not, not literally being born as a kid, but as a quarterback, he's always been the kind of gunslinger type. He, take, he likes to go for your jugular. He likes to hit the plays downfield. And a lot of those boot actions, um, I'm moving the pocket, all that stuff worked for Zach Wilson because that's where he loves to be. That's what he likes to do. That's what works for him. And his understanding of defenses uh, and his understanding of football on a, on a, on a, in general works for him when he is at his peak and he was and and there were missed there were missed uh, missed opportunities i'm not gonna lie um we should have won that game outright we shouldn't have had to wait for a field goal a missed field goal if he had done the right thing before um on uh that that definitely not taking that sack there that was definitely a mistake on that what is that third and two at the goal line you know, if he had just thrown the ball away, most definitely, you know, I like Salah said, he might have gone for it. So um, there, there was, there's so much there, man. Um, this kid has so much potential. And I, what we're seeing is just a touch, you know, it's just a touch. It's not everything. It's, it's, there's more to it. And you know what? The, the offensive line actually blocked very well for him. I, um, I was reading uh, an article in the Athletic um, by uh, Connor Rogers, uh, Connie Hughes. I'm sorry, and um, <laughs> yes, yeah, he should be on there too. But anyway, um, they gave him. Uh, he wrote down. They gave him 3.25 seconds per throw, and that's the second best in the NFL last week. So that's pretty good for a line which has not exactly played so well the first three weeks. So that was a huge improvement. And I think that helped out a lot, you know, for the success of the offense. Yeah, that, that definitely helped. Um, the, like I said, the, the rhythm, the rhythm play calling help Zach Wilson making the right throws at the right time helped because the, again, you make a few throws in a row, then your, your confidence gets built up and you just keep getting better and better. And, and that's definitely what happened for Zach Wilson. Um, and uh, we still haven't, and this is not the peak for this offense because we still haven't gotten our running game going. Right. You know, so when you, when you, when you start getting your running game going, that completes your offense, you know. Um, but most definitely on offense, Zach Wilson's rhythm and, uh, um, and the play calling rhythm and, um, and him just being taken to a place where he's comfortable, which is being a little bit more aggressive and taking shots downfield, which he loves to do. I, in my opinion, worked, you know, it was perfect for, uh, for the, for the time, you know, um, and took John, the cobwebs off and then yeah. he just kind of just blossomed. And you know what, and just talking about the running game, I mean, Michael Carter was uh, quote unquote, the lead back last week. Um, he had, and he only had 13 carries for uh, 38 yards and, of course, the touchdown. So they really didn't run the ball that much. I mean, Col Coleman had four carries for 14. Ty Johnson had three carries for one. And Berrios had a couple of carries as well, you know, on end arounds or whatever. But um, 
yeah, they, they weren't running the ball that much, but obviously throwing the ball, you could see that's where that's where we definitely got most of our yardage. And, and like, yeah, you know, and like you said, the offense is not there yet. I mean, when when the running game gets going as well, I mean, this this offense is going to be really good. I mean, we just seen, like you said, a piece of how good, just a little bit, a little taste of how good this offense is going to be last week, and it's just going to get better, hopefully, as we go through the season. Yeah, um, but yeah, that is very true, man. But I wanted to make a point of saying because I think everybody's talking about the fact that Zach Wilson had all these these long throws downfield and and all that. But I think the most important thing, which uh, I was trying to make a point of, was the fact that uh, I think he, I think uh, Coach uh, Salah made the point of saying in his press conference the day after that Zach had 14 of 18 completions for seven yards or less. You know, so if so, so you so we're talking about rhythm and that's what that is. Right. Yeah. Um, constantly hitting those small throws here and there that just moves the game a little bit closer, moves the ball a little bit th- closer, gets you into the, you know, into the offense and get, gets the looks that you want and you complete and gets your confidence up, you know. Um, and that's what we were talking about. A, a lot of what a lot of what was going on before was they were getting away from the quick game too, re- too, um, too early. Um, short completions matter. It gives, it, it takes the quarterback into the mindset of, okay, here we go. One, two, three, out. One, two, three, four, out. One, two, three, four, five, out. One, two, three, out. One, two, four, out. And then you're just getting into a rhythm and you're getting into a rhythm. You're like, all right, so, it didn't go one, two, three out this time, but it go. It went one, two, three, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. I'm getting out of the pocket. Boom, out. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just uh, the rhythm of it, and because that rhythm is continuous, and there's no third and twenty, and you have to be like, okay, there's no real, there's not plays in the playbook that really work at third and twenty. I don't uh, like, I'm not going to say there's not because there's very few. How about that? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and then the percentage and the percentage uh, of success of a play that you drew up for third and 20 is probably so low. <laughs> you know, it's like it has 7% chance of working. Like, you know, it really, you know, it, you know, you don't want to get yourself in that, that, um, into that kind of, uh, you know, issue. So it's best that you remain on schedule. And that's what, that remaining on schedule, it, it doesn't only benefit the quarterback. It benefits the play caller also. Because these guys take hours and hours and hours to draw up these plays. And they are waiting and looking for certain looks from the defense. They're waiting and looking for certain uh plays to work a certain way so that so that the next play joins with it and they're all meshed together and if those things are not working then there is no continuity so the play calling is all over the place so even if you draw up a nice play there's no real con- continuity so you know you're all disheveled basically and what are we, you know what are we doing 
Right. You know, and that's what's been going on with the Jets, unfortunately. And 14 out of 18, that is what we want. We want Zach Wilson because we know Zach Wilson has the arm talent to do all that stuff, all that magical stuff that we saw, that we love. <laughs> Fine. That 14 of 18, that is what's going to make Zach Wilson the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If he could complete more of these short throws, four yards, five yards, six yards, that is going to make him a better quarterback because he already has these explosive plays. That's what he's doing. He's done most of his career as a quarterback. And you could tell, like, once they got into a rhythm, he was so much more comfortable than he's looked, I think, the first three weeks of the season so far. You could just see it was like it was it, it, it was amazing how smooth the offense looked once it got going, once it got into that rhythm. And it was something that we have not seen in the first three weeks, even the first game where they came back a little bit in the end. It, it was nothing like what we've seen against uh, the Titans. So um, it was great to see that. Um, but I, I, I tell you, the other thing that we've seen that was so great was our, our defense is legit. Mm. I don't care what anybody says. I know, listen, and we could say it too. They, they could have locked down the game. I think about, they had about three opportunities, a uh, couple in the reg, uh, during regulation. And then in overtime, they had a chance to, to completely lock the game down without getting to that field goal attempt. But throughout the game, I mean, this defense was all over the place against Tennessee. Yep. Um, just a quick number on D Derrick Henry. Okay. Hmm. That guy's he's unstoppable. We kind of slowed him down. He did have 33 carries for the game, which is <laughs> incredible in this incredible. day and age. Yep. 157 yards. He, he averaged under five, did score a touchdown. And I, I'll be honest, I thought once we got to overtime, I thought that's when he was going to run right over us. And the defense really shocked me oh. and yep. played unbelievable. I, I really I thought I, I thought, you know what, the defense is, is cast. <sighs> You know, and Derrick Henry's, you know, got a fifth or sixth gear in him somehow, and he's just going to run all over us. But you know what? We held our own. And and how many sacks did we have? Seven? Yeah. We have seven yeah. sacks. Yeah. I mean, and we're doing this without Carl Lawson. And we're doing yeah. it without Marcus May. You know, like, we're doing this without a couple of our starters. And, and this defense is... Listen, I know our numbers are up there too, but we're definitely a top 10 defense in the league. There's, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've been playing like that from game one. Um, yeah. The, the back end with Eccles and, and uh, Carter too, and, and uh, Gedry, all these guys have been dominant. They've been playing so well. It's, it's incredible how well these corners have been. I keep revisiting these conversations that you and I had talking about, how uh, maybe we need to get some kind of senior corner in into the into the <laughs> into the Jets because how are you gonna play three or four rookies? This this defense is gonna be horrible. This back end is gonna be crazy. How we are they gonna do that? This? We all said that, right? <laughs> listen, man. I all I knew. I think. I think. I listen. I, all I got to say is this, right? You were the one saying all this crazy stuff. I said. <laughs> crazy stuff. Everybody was saying that we weren't going to be that good at quarter. You know, like. I, the, the, 
the one thing the one thing I will say is this: I de definitely um, didn't think this was going to work this well. I will only say that at some point I came out and I said, you know what? If these coaches and Robert Sala believe that you know this is how it's the you know that's the way they want to do it, let just let them do it because they know better than us. Right? Because I'm like, hey, listen. As a as as a life, uh, I've been a football fan for a long time. You've been a football fan for a long time. You're like, listen, this we've never seen it done like this before. But you're telling me that it's gonna work, coach. Go ahead and do your thing. Right. <laughs> you know that at yep. some because they just kept beating us over the head with the same answer over and over again. Hey, listen, we're gonna run with who we have, and run with who we have. And we we're thinking to ourselves, man, listen, these people are crazy. Right. <laughs> and. And that's why I kept putting on Twitter and Twitter over and over again. Coaching matters because a lot of what these kids are doing are simply extraordinary for court for corners that uh, have very little experience playing pro football. They have played football all their life, but for them to be playing the way they're playing right now, it's it, it's crazy. It's but again. It's the system and the way they're taught and what they're taught to do, how they react in certain situations. You could see it on the film. You could see that they know exactly where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there, they react to, to flashes of information instantly because they're coached to notice things and react to them quickly. Every one of them, Eccles is one of like the standouts in my opinion. Um, that I keep like every time you just kept watching the film, you just see him pop. Um, Gidry. And I think, I think Eccles, I love, but I think Michael Carter too is crazy. He is so good. I, I still don't like, how did we miss this kid? I remember like, like going through college players coming in. I never watched a day of film of Michael Carter too. I never watched, not even a little bit. Right. This dude, man, I mean, I am I am I, very impressed. I'm I gotta say I'm very impressed. And and uh the front the front line, the de the defensive line, you know hmm. that my guy is Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff, I remember when Bryce Huff came out, we were watching highlights of him on youtube i watched highlights of him on youtube and i told you about it i'm like this kid is something and then he came in and you could see the the flashes of it but it wasn't like it wasn't there yet you know what i mean like it was you know you could kind of see you know he's coming you know you know and i don't know something about him i was like man listen this kid's real he is for real i don't know how but he's for real and you could see all of it and he, I think he's top five in the NFL in pressures. Like, I think he's ranked number three or four or something like that in QB pressures. Like, what? Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is ridiculous. And, and they're doing, and, and we thought, all right, you know, we, we lost Carl Lawson before the season started and was like, uh, it's our, you know, but these guys have stepped up unbelievably. Yep. I mean, this deep. Yep. Yeah, you're talking about him. You're talking about JFM. Is another guy too. 
John, John Franklin Myers, just, I mean, teams are making the mistake of trying to block this guy for tight end. I don't know how many times on Twitter, on, 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 on film, you need to look, you need to look and see him just ragdoll a guy, a tight end and throw him backwards for you to stop putting your tight end to try to block this man. It's not enough. <laughs> and you know it's what? Not. And you know what? The Jets should really be thinking about signing this guy to an extension now because if he keeps if he keeps playing this way, and he becomes a free agent, he's going to be he's going to make he's going to be paid, right? Yes, he's going to be paid. I maybe they don't like to give guys contracts before they hit free agency or whatever, and but they should make an exception for this kid. This kid, he is. I'm telling you, this guy's going to get a lot of money this offseason. So. They better get him now before he gets there, or else we're probably not going to sign him because of signing Carlos and last, you know, last offseason. So you never know. You never know. know. Hold, hold hey, up, because this, to... because in my opinion, I will tell you this: all what we're talking about is tied to the outcome of this season. Um, if everybody stays healthy and everybody stays together, and there is a continuous level of growth between not only the front set the front seven of this team but down the back end people are gonna get paid because it's gonna it's gonna be a promise it's gonna be a down payment on what the jets are gonna be if you can't get that continual growth this season off season then there'll be questions then you could kind of you know hold the purse a little bit and be like you know what maybe you know, he, you know, he's a, he's promising, but, eh, you know, but if this, if things continue to go the way they're going, I promise you, Joe Douglas will sign this man because it would be a sin of epic proportions not to keep him on. And I have to mention guys like uh, um, Father Cassie. I have to mention, I mean, Quinn Williams had another ridiculous, what, what, how many pressures he had? And, and he had Six two pressures, two sacks. Sheesh, man, like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, and we like, didn't even mention when we were talking about the, the DBs, how about Bryce Hall? Dude, you, yeah, Bryce- well, I was, I was serving him, I was serving him for, for last because so, I want to, I like, I wanted to bring up a stat. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got one too for you. So, oh, did you, did you get the same one I got? Because the one I got <laughs> of him see. being targeted nine times and only allowing two completions for 27 yards. Oh, okay. I'll add that. I'll add to that. He's been targeted the whole season 14 times. He's given up seven, seven completions for only a hundred yards. And the quarterback rating against him is only 73.5. That's pretty good. It is. Yeah. (laughs) It ain't Deion Sanders or Revis, but hey. What what was the question again? Who who remember we were asking the question? Who is gonna block? Who's gonna hold the the teams the, uh, the our opponent's best wide receiver? That was our question, right? We kept asking that over and over again. It's like we don't know what's gonna happen. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna be the one to face? Uh, what's his name? Diggs. Who's gonna hold Diggs? Yeah. Well, we got our answer. And here, here's another thing to, and this you'll you'll appreciate about how good our DBs are playing. Uh, got this number, Pro Football Focus, right? They said two of our seven sacks that we got were under yeah. 3.5 seconds. Yeah, so I, mean, they were I quick, saw that. Right? 
But yeah. five out of the seven, Tannehill held the ball longer than 3.5 seconds. So that means our DBs were doing yep. a great job covering. Now, let's put a little, a little note underneath that, too. The Tennessee was, was without Julio Jones. Yes, yes. And, and their other star receivers. So, yes, okay. But still, we have to give them credit for the job they did. Yes, it was without their top two receivers and very good receivers. But they still did the job. So let's let's give them credit for it, no matter what. And yeah, we'll see how well they do this week against Mister uh, Mister Ridley for uh, the Falcons. So yes, sir, that is that is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, most definitely. And that'll that'll be a huge test. For that will be a challenge. Yes. So all yeah. right. So listen, we'll 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 get right into next week since we got through this great win for us. First win. We're tied for second place in our division. <laughs> so which is awesome but um yeah yeah anyway <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it for now i'll take it uh, i'll take i'll take it myself yeah definitely um so all right so we uh our next week's game of course it's going to be in london so it's going to be nine o'clock in the morning so everybody's got to get up early sunday morning skip church if you have to but um <laughs> good <laughs> one anyway, uh um, yeah, we got the Atlanta Falcons, not exactly, uh, the toughest team. They came off, uh, beating the giants, uh, the week before. Um, so what's your thoughts about the Falcons? I thought the Falcons would be a much, at least more offensive team this year, especially with Arthur Smith and getting, uh, pits in the draft. I thought this, this offense was going to be, uh, unstoppable, but so far, not that um not that impressive. Well, again, I think it's the same I think it's the same issue that we're having as as usual, you're talking about a brand new scheme, a brand new system being learned by all present wide receivers, tight ends, uh, uh, offensive linemen, quarterback, running back. Um and they haven't really connected and they haven't really, uh, you know, found their, you know, their mesh point, you know. And, and I think, I'm not saying that all of a sudden they'll blow up, but I think Matt Ryan is probably is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not going to go down like that. This no. season's not going to end with him, you know, having mediocre to okay games every Sunday. That's not going to happen. Not with Ridley and Pitts and all these guys around. It's, it, he's gonna he's gonna have these his days. He's gonna go back to having his days, and you know, and that's just that's just how it's gonna be. But for now, you know, they're struggling. You know, but we know we know what 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 their main issue. I mean, the offense is not is bad, but it's not that bad. Not compared to the other side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, the defense is bad. <laughs> <laughs> They've Jeez, given up the most man. points so far, so uh, yeah, that, they, they, that, they lost a, a tough one last week to Washington, where they gave up two late touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, imagine that, yeah, to a team that's you know yeah. been struggling to score points with uh, Washington, right? And so yeah, they're they're struggling. They 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 definitely struggling on defense, and that's another side of the ball where they have everything new, right? Yeah, you know? so so you so again. There's a lot going on there, man. So um, let's hope they don't get 
get their their foot in against us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I mean. All right, so, so, what, so so let's let's talk about the game a little bit. What are you what are your thoughts? Do you think we have a shot at winning? Do you think we can yeah. win? Actually, two we, in a row going into the bye week. <laughs> that's a possibility. That's a possibility because again, um, the scheme is very similar to what we play on offense, um, and it just happened that we're both offenses are in basically the same situation. Other than the fact there's a very well respected quarterback running that running the the team they they're running the same scheme and they're learning it just like our offense is learning ours so um i think i think our defense could probably take advantage of that i think they have issues up front uh with their offensive line there's this is another week where our offensive line could probably take advantage of another offensive line um uh, so, I mean, look out for the screens, look out for the short game, uh, because they're going to try to do it the same way uh, Tennessee tried to do it to us. Uh, and I think we should be, we should be fine. Um, on that side, on, on the defensive side of the game, like you said, it's another, another challenge for these young players to show up, man. And they haven't disappointed yet, but, uh, let's see what they could do. Um, my opinion, in my opinion, this is a a very, and it's not just because of what the Jets just did. I think the Falcons are just ripe for the picking. I think the Jets should be able to win this game. Yeah, I mean, but they, I, I you know, listen, it, it could turn into like an a back and forth uh, slugfest here because both could possible. It could, it could because offensively, the Falcons, of course, with Matt Ryan. And their receivers, Calvin Ridley, like I said, Kyle Pitts, he's starting to get going. And the guy that's, I think, surprising a lot of people is um, Cordella Patterson. They're actually, this is the first team that I think has figured out a way to, to use this to guy. Use him. You know, because he's been a great return man, but no team has really gotten him involved in their offenses as much as I've seen so far that the Falcons have. Um, and he's having a pretty good year right now. Yeah. So yeah, um that that's that's good. That that's good. You know, he's transitioned from just being a returner to being actual playing like running back. Wait, didn't he wasn't he a run, playing kind of running back kind of for 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 uh for the Vikings? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> if I remember little, before Yeah, he yeah. a little bit, but I mean, I think he's got he's had you know, you could tell he's so much more involved in this offense. I've not Throughout his career, like he was on Chicago as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it seemed like he never could fit in, you know, somewhere. Like he was a great return man, a re- great return man. But, yeah, you know, on the offense, uh, you know, he, he would, you know, they'd have a play here or there for him. But it seems like the Falcons have figured out a way to get this guy on the field more and get him more involved in the offense. So he's having a pretty good year. Um, and, of course, they got Stephen Ridley who's easily one of the best receivers in the league. So, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they got a chance here to, 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 you know what, win two in a row, go into the bye week. That's pretty good for this, uh, for our team. So, all right. <laughs> we talked about it. Let's, let's get a prediction down for sure. I, well, what do you think? You think the Jets are going to win? 
I think the Jets are going to win because um, I just don't think the Atlanta Falcons have enough on defense. Right now, they have way too many injuries, especially in the back end. Um, I think they're missing too many people. And uh, like you said, like I was talking about, just learning a new scheme, you need continuity. You need players to stay healthy. And the fact that guys are not staying healthy is the, is a problem. So um, they're going to have issues kicking in new bodies to do things that, that, you know, that the guys that were there were struggling to do in the first place. So um, I think the Jets should be able to win this, yeah. win this game. I say the Jets win this game. I think so too. I think it's going to be a little bit higher. <sighs> I think about what we've seen. I think a 27, you know, 27, 23, 27, 24 game, because you know what? Atlanta's going to score points. You're not going to hold them yeah. down to the game. Uh, the thing is, we got to score points. We have to do what we did last week and put up points. Because if we don't, Atlanta's going to eventually get through. You know, it's just an offense that you're not going to shut out. You know, it's, it's, they're just that good. So, um, but I could see a higher scoring game, you know, like we just seen with Tennessee, 27-24, maybe even 30-27 if our offense really kicks into gear. And it looks like Elijah Moore is going to be playing. So that's one more weapon we got. So, um, yeah. I I, 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 I I wanted to talk about this for a little bit, and I forgot about it. Ask you a question, right? Look at the difference. And if, do you think – there was a, a massive difference with Crowder and Cole on the field than oh, when yeah when uh, when uh, Elijah Moore and um, Barrios was on the field. Definitely, I, I think you know what. Just looking at the stats, just that you brought that up, Barrios was only on the field for nine snaps, and the whole talk about Mims finally playing, and we got all excited. We were going to see Mims. He only seen 10 snaps the whole game. And it was all on, it was on, most of them were on run plays, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a different team. You are 100% right with Crowder out there and Keenan Cole. Davis, you know what? He had the early slip where he fell and um, Wilson threw the interception. But yeah, this is totally different team. Like, listen, Berrios is a nice player, but. But he's not Crowder. Right. Not even close. You know, not, and no disrespect to Berrios because we, we like no. him. He's a good player to have on your team. He's, o- he's okay. Right. But I, but, but I didn't even talk about this. I think it's one of those points I wanted to make about him understanding how to run routes and how to get himself open, having spatial awareness. There was a, there was a couple plays where, well, there was one play in, in particular, he was supposed to run a corner route. He gets to his death to make, to, to make the cut on the corner and there's a corner, there's a, a, a player standing right there. The cornerback is standing right there. And he runs right into the guy. Now, <laughs> last time I checked, offen- like offensive football is a lot of what they do is timing, right? Yep. You can't run into a guy. If the, you know, whatever you need to do, if you need to take a few more steps to get him separation from him so that you can give your cornerback time or for you to continue the play so that there's a continuation of the play and then there's the, the play is not all clogged up, you know? And the fact that he ran into him just made me realize that how much different Crowder, that would have never happened to Crowder or, or um, the other kid, number 88. That would never happen to him, you know, because they've been running routes in the league for a long time and they understand how to create that separation, you know? So 
So we're here sitting, we're talking about all these other players and we have guys on our roster that could do those things and understand those things and would put our quarterback in a better position. Right. So, all right. So let's, let's get into the, uh, the previous week's games real fast. Give our little thoughts about each one. The Thursday night game, Cincinnati 24-21 over Jacksonville. And of course, Jacksonville, we heard with (laughs) Urban Meyer this week, uh, the video at the bar. And so that's, 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 I think, getting ready to explode. I I don't know how long he's going to be there. I would have got rid of this guy a long time ago, but uh, yeah, it's going to be ugly in Jacksonville this year if he's there. Yeah, uh, it's already ugly. Um, you don't, there is no way you get your coach out in public out of whatever he was having some young girl rubbing up on him. And then to make it worse, he comes and uh, addresses the media, but apparently didn't address his whole team. He, he, he separated them into, into uh, position. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> and then spoke to each position group (laughs) i mean and supposedly he's got no respect whatsoever from the players now like he's totally yeah well well yeah well if you and not only like he's like you know everybody saw what happened and the way you're trying to explain it explain it away it sounds like you're making everybody feel like they're dumb you know like that's not what we saw come on man it's on film you know know, yeah exactly it's not somebody describing it and saying oh i've seen this no 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 we got video of what happened, so we see. Yeah, it. and we could break down. We could break down the whole play call, brother. We can't. We <laughs> exactly. we see, we seen it. <laughs> but but yeah, back to the Bengals and Jag and, and Jags, man. Um, and Cincinnati is it, they're in first place. Yeah, and they're in first place because Joe Burrow is a god QB in the yeah. making. The real deal. Um, yeah, he he's he's not there yet, but he's he's coming, man. He's coming. If people forgot how good this kid was in college and you could see it, you could see a lot of it. And the fact that they've surrounded him with the kind of skill players that he has over there with Boyd and, 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 um, and Chase and the, 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 um, the tight end, is you know, too. and the tight that kid. Yeah. The kid, hey, listen, <laughs> give, give somebody an opportunity, man. I'm telling you. And, and you know, and you have Burrow putting the ball right. He's deadly accurate. He is. That's what he is. And give him, just give him a, a sliver of an opening, and he can kill you. So, um, they they play, they call the play calls where they they stretched open the, the the field. They opened the field to um to maximize their skill players. Get and they just tore them up, man. And they could do that to a lot of people. And talking about our uh, our opponent, the Falcons. They blew a, a lead late against the Washington football team. Washington wins 34-30. So. Yeah, same, same issue here, man. A defensive, a team, a team uh, that has issues on defense, that has issues. You know, you don't, you don't cough up a lead like that if you don't have defensive issues, man. They, they definitely have, uh, especially on the back end, they definitely have problems there. Um, uh, Atlanta does. Um, Washington still is not Washington. Not yeah, that defense that we there. thought we would have seen. They haven't. I don't know if people are, are playing them in a certain way. I gotta. 
haven't watched enough of uh, how that defense is that defense has been playing to to speak on the root of the issue. But they're definitely not who they used they were. Um, but uh, they might have found a quarterback. Maybe. <laughs> might be. Might I mean, be. yeah, he's an entertaining kid, man. I yeah. I love I love him. I I I love him, man. He, he played last year in that he, playoff game, like you could tell. Like, yeah, you know, it was his first game or second game, whatever it was, but he played his butt off, you know. And it seems like I think every week you're gonna see him. If he's gonna get better, you're gonna see it every week. He's gonna improve. And yep. what this, they could still be a playoff team, even though Dallas is starting to pull away a little bit in that division. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Buffalo big over Houston, forty to nothing. Uh, Buffalo is Buffalo. Yeah. You know how good they they are. Yeah. In, and Houston is Houston. Yeah, especially with their. I think they got a third string quarterback now, right? They got Mills. Um, so Chicago with uh, Justin Fields starting the game. They beat Detroit 24-14. and Justin Fields was announced today as the starter going forward. So it's no more Dalton because at first it was Andy Dalton. If he's healthy, he'll be the starter, but Andy Dalton's healthy, but they still named Fields the starter going forward. So he showed some promise. Um, it was the weekend of the, of the rookie quarterbacks, man. Um, um, I feel to mention that in that Jacks game, we saw a better version of the first round pick, um, the, the overall first pick. Um, in Jacksonville, we saw his athleticism. We saw some of those throws that he could make. Um, so we also saw Justin Fields, and we saw part of what we we saw as as you know a promising guy that I, you know, one of my he was my favorite. I mean, I didn't watch enough Zach Wilson, so I can't say that I that I loved Zach Wilson. But I watched Justin Fields play, and just I was I loved Justin Fields, and you could see that you know those things that we saw in him in college. We saw that over the weekend with, with the Bears um, against the Lions. Most definitely. Some of those throws were awesome. And a battle of two NFC teams, a little surprising for both. Uh, Cowboys, 36-28 over the Panthers. Sam Donald, <laughs> he ran in a couple of more touchdowns. I think he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns somehow. But uh, hmm. Dallas wins again. So I think they're, I think they're playing much better than I think, especially defensively than some expected them to. That's for sure. Um, they're three and one. Yeah, I think I think I, I will say that the they they have two picks that um, the kid the kid that was linebacker slash uh, defensive end uh, from Micah, Penn State, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is just. He is as talented as we thought he was. Yep. Um, I was. I definitely knew he, the kid was was going to be something, um, especially playing for a team like Dallas. He definitely changes a lot uh, for them. Um, but also, they have uh, this other kid too. I, what is he? A safety that plays for that. That's really good too. That's you know. That's I think he's a rookie also. That's been playing really well. So you take that combined with the fact that. This offense is just just one of the best offenses in the NFL. You have one of the best running games in the league because they have one of the best blocking set of blocking offensive linemen in the league. And you pair that with 
two of the better running backs in the league with one of the better performing quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And you have a mixture, you have something where as a team, if you're sleeping for any minute, you're, you're going to be down 14 points because then you're going to be trying to catch up with, on, against a defense that's playing pretty aggressively. Um, I, I said safety, and it's not a safety. I'm sorry. It's a cornerback, and his, his, name, his name is Diggs. I right. think it's his second year. I think so. I think he has, like, five picks, man. Like, he has a, a season worth of picks. <laughs> and you know what? You're not even mentioning with the Cowboys and our offense. Forget about their running game. Look at their – look at their passing game and the receivers they have, right? Yeah. It's that, that, that's definitely a dangerous team going forward in the NFC. Uh, um, the Colts beat Miami on the road, 27, 17. That was a must win for the Colts. I mean, if they lost, you know, then you're talking, uh, then they would, there would be 0 and 4. So that was a must win for the Colts that that was maybe their season saving for now the <laughs> game and Miami is one in three now not playing anywhere near what we thought they would we thought they'd be a little better than this well quarterback mm-hmm. issues I mean if you don't have a quarterback you don't no. you know if you have a backup quarterback you don't have a quarterback right right um Carson Wentz uh two touchdowns 228 yards you know I'm, I I mean they won so <laughs> yeah I I think I think I think the thing that matters here more than anything else is the fact that they could run the ball the Colts the Colts are gonna yeah. the Colts are gonna be able to allow Carson Wentz to grow into this offense because they're able to run the ball and Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is one of the better running backs in the NFL um uh I think if you I think if you could average over six point eight six yards a carry. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> so um, you combine that with uh, Marlon Mack there. And then you, they even have this other kid, too, that I really like named Naeem Hines that, that they run the ball with here and there. And he's a problem. So they could definitely run the ball. And then you take that. That's going to allow the quarterback to get a little bit more comfortable. So deeper they get into the season, I think the better Carson Wentz is going to show up. And um but they have to be able to run the ball, in my opinion. Um, but the Dolphins have issues because they don't have a quarterback. And because they don't have a quarterback, they have issues. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, another good matchup, uh, Cleveland 14-7 on the road against Minnesota. And it ended on a controversial play, a non, yeah. non-call defensive interference call. But uh, Cleveland pulls it out and – Cleveland's going to win these kind of close games because of that defense and because they have such a good run game. So, yeah, uh, that that game, that in my opinion, that the the Vikings should have won that game. That was a horrible call. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible call. I mean, I don't understand how they didn't see that that on Thielen. That was horrible. Yeah, it was pretty you obvious. <laughs> and 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 Baker had a horrible game too. You know, he didn't even complete fifty percent of his passes. You know. That's not good. And, and we, I think we had this conversation before. Um, Baker has to be more. You cannot expect on a team where they have good defense, they have great, a great, great rushing game, you have to finish it. You have to be the, 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 the glue that connects 
the rest of the team. And if you're going to perform like this, they're not going to go too far, in my opinion. You know, right. so so you can't be in games, Baker especially has- the weapons they have on offense. How are you having off weapons on offense like this, and you're completing, you know, you're completing below fifty percent of your passes? You know, definitely has to elevate his game. This is incredible. Has to because yeah. like, there's weapons, and this team is it's it's there's no excuse for this team not to, you know, not to really make some serious noise in the playoffs and possibly get to the Super Bowl, um, but. It all starts and, and ends with with Baker. You know, like you said, they, they can't win these kind of games every week. They'll they'll be in a position to it, but the quarterback has to step it up. Has to. Um, next game, the Giants, big overtime victory at New Orleans, 27-21. A little bit of an upset with the Giants. <laughs> well, 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 it was an upset, all right. And uh I think Giants fans are more upset about the fact that where is that where has that Daniel Jones been right where where is this guy where did he where did he come from because the last time you saw him play on that level was probably his rookie year um the the like I think he was like 13 or 15 uh, in long throws down the field he just was like throwing bombs all over the place so running, you know, getting outside the pocket. Oh my goodness, four hundred and something yards passing, yeah. and, and he's done, brother. Against a, <laughs> a pretty good defense too. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I, I will, I will say that he just had time in the pocket. It did not look like the Saints were getting any kind of pass rush. Um, I don't know why. I tell you, you know, I got to look into this a little bit more. I just didn't under, I didn't understand that because the Saints. Never really had an issue pass rushing. Apparently, that's a new thing now um, that they're suffering from. Uh, also, on offense with the Saints, if you're going to have a quarterback and then you have to curtail his, you know, his, uh, his passing because you're scared he's going to go into this, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to turn into Mr. Jekyll and start throwing picks to the other team. You know, you don't really have a quarterback. Uh, then you have to bring Taysom Hill in, and then instead of Taysom Hill being your savior, he's the one that sinks the ship with that ridiculous throw he made for an interception. So, I mean, that's the problem here, right? It's like they don't have a quarterback at all. Right. You know, uh, and and sometimes teams feel stuff like that. Sometimes they know, you know, especially if you're in the locker room with everybody and you know what's going on. And then you start feeling when things are going wrong and you're like, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, should I, should I really, should I be really be working as hard as I am right now? Because I don't think we're going nowhere because we ain't got no quarterback anyway. Right. You know, so that's, this is all my opinion because from what I'm, that's from what I'm seeing, I could be wrong, but I think if Jameis Winston was, if he had the, if he had one over the New Orleans Saints, I think they wouldn't need that, um, um, Taysom Hill. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, having him throw under, you know, just 23 passes, you know, and, ha- and you know, stuff like that, where if you had a real quarterback you trusted, you could have you could have slain the beast, but you don't trust him. Yeah, they definitely don't trust Winston. Um, 
Next game, Kansas City, 42-30 to 30 over Philly at Philly. Philly's defense, you know, was not going to contain Kansas City. Uh, no. That offense. So, and especially Andy Reid returning to Philly, you know, he wanted to score some points there. <laughs> five, <laughs> but, uh, five TDs. Mahomes yeah. doing Mahomes thing. Yep. You know, you don't, you, you know, and, and the Eagles defense giving up 40, bro, you give up 42 points. It is almost impossible to win a game. So that's not, that's not happening. Um, and the fact that they were, they, <laughs> the Chiefs running back averaged 7.3 yards a carry. Come on, man. Yeah. You couldn't stop the run. You can't stop the run. You can't stop Mahomes. You, you can't survive. One, the one bright spot. Is that Hertz did not look bad at all? Yeah, no, he did not look bad. And each week you could see getting a little better, a little better. So that's good for the yeah, Eagles. And so they don't have to worry about burning one of their picks next year on a quarterback. So they could direct, they could go all D maybe in their Yeah, let's hope let's hope he keeps he keeps growing. He keeps growing because I'll tell you one thing, Devontae Smith is also the truth. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. I, I really like him. I really, I really like a kid. Uh, Cardinals. This was a, to me, this was the shocker of the week. Cardinals yes. big over the Rams at LA, no less 37 to 20. Our good friend Krista has been riding Arizona from week one, telling us <laughs> this, is the team of the, this is the team of the uh NFC West. So maybe she's right, you know, four and oh, they're the only under maybe, me, yeah, <laughs> maybe she's right, man. Maybe, maybe she's right because, um. Because I think I think you take Kyla Murray, and I think we had this conversation about this kid when he was coming out. I remember, and out on uh, back when we first started doing podcasts, talking about Kyla Murray coming out and how dangerous of a kid he could be coming into this NFL. Um, and you take him; he's not even fully realized yet, and he's already as dangerous as he is with his legs and with his arm. You take him, and you take one of the best wide receivers, you put him in the X, and then you take, uh, you take, uh, what's his name, AJ Green, you bring him over. Um, I remember when Christian Kirk was coming out, we, we thought he was going to be nice. And he took, it took him a few years, and now he's, he's in there, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they just have a bunch of weapons outside for Kyler Murray, and you just can't key in on the running game and come down in the box because you don't want to be playing one on one with these guys outside. They could tear you up. And then, you know, so you're like, what are you playing? Two deep shell against this kid. And then he rolls out and you give him, uh, you know, a five yard kind of uh, five, five yard space. And then he takes off and then five, five turns into 10. <laughs> you know, so you try to protect yourself from that. But at the same time, you got to protect yourself from the wide receivers also because they're that good. <laughs> so they, they're just fully loaded on offense. And I still haven't mentioned the defense and how they've drafted so well on defense and they have Chandler Jones and then they got JJ Watt and then they have Simmons who they drafted that you're seeing. Uh, he's starting to, to pick up and then you have Buda Baker, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Man, they, they're just loaded, bro. Yeah. They're, they're for real. <laughs> yep. Only if AFC West, NFC West is for real, actually. Uh, yes. Seattle on the road beating the 49ers, talking about the NFC West. Seattle with a big win at San Fran, 28 21. 
Um, Jimmy G gets hurt early in that game. So Trey Lance has to play most of the game. Doesn't play so bad, but not enough to beat yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I'm, you see those, those games, I think, I think they're still going to split in my opinion. I think the next game, um, um, I think uh, Seattle win one. I think the 49ers will win one. I don't think that because it doesn't watch any of the, that game. doesn't seem like the Seattle is like a cut above the 49ers. No, no I mean, you don't, you don't think, right. Exactly. You know, and, uh, and back to what I, I, I was going to say about the Rams Cardinals game. This was the first game that uh, Matthew Stafford had. That was a bad game. You know, he hadn't had a bad game yet. You know, he, he missed a bunch of throws and stuff like that. I still, I don't think that the Rams are not, and the Cardinals are going to play games where the Cardinals are just going to whoop on them. I think the next game is going to be closer. Oh, definitely. You know, so ex- exactly. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So these, these teams uh, have a ways to go before they get to their peak. So it's going to, that the time is going to come. They're going to be fine. Baltimore on the road, 23 to seven over Denver. Um, What's his name? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Bridgewater got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to go with Locke, and you know. You know what happened after that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to really get into that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Green Bay uh, at home over Pittsburgh, twenty-seven seventeen, and it's. Yeah. Well, we know what the deal is there. Yeah. You know, the Steelers are the Steelers, and uh, they want to revive. They want to, re- yeah. They don't have an offensive line, and they want to revive an old man playing quarterback behind a broken offensive line. Yeah, that's not a good combination. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Like oil, oil and water. You know, yeah. You, you don't put peanut butters on on peanut butter on pizza, though, right? Don't you don't, right? Exactly. And speaking, yeah, of exactly. Green, speaking of Green Bay, they signed somebody who was cut uh, today as well. Uh, Jalen Smith from uh, the Cowboys, their all-pro uh, linebacker. Surprisingly, he was cut by Dallas, but Green Bay ended up signing him today. Well, what's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, apparently Green Bay needed help at linebacker. Um, I, I can't put my finger on why. I don't know if the change of system is what's what killed Smith. I don't think because I don't understand. I don't get how his play just dropped like that. Um, he, he was never really a really a good run stopper like that. So that's not his game. The fact that he's, he's, you know, all of a sudden he's a below average coverage, um, linebacker and coverage kind of, you know, I, I don't know what the issue is there. Um, so I maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Um, but you know what? They picked them up for nothing. So kudos for them. Uh, Tampa Bay, the big game Sunday night. Uh, Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. Uh, Tampa Bay winning 19 to 17. Um, New England missed a 56 yard field goal with time at, at the end of uh, regulation um, to win it. My thoughts, real quick. Um, I don't know if you think this way too, but. I think Tom Brady, as much as he's Mr. Cool and everything else, I think with the way he played, because he didn't play that good, I think he got caught up in the moment. 
You know, I think it was much it, it, as big as we, as big as a moment as it was, it was even bigger for him because that was his home for 20 years, all the success he had, all the great memories he had going back there. I think he got caught up in it a little bit. And you could tell even with his interviews after the game, he was, he wasn't crying, but you could tell he was, he was definitely a little emotional talking about the moment and everything else. So I think the moment got to him just a little bit and, uh, but he played good enough to win. So that's all that matters. I think that, I think at the end of the day, I kind of agree with you. Um, I think some, most of the time we talk about these people, like they're inanimate objects. Uh, they're human like us and they have feelings. Um, don't tell, I don't care what happened, what transpired in new England. He spent 20, almost 20 years there. Um, most definitely probably he his kids were born over there and all that stuff. I mean, come on, man. You know, and this whole thing about, oh yeah, well, he and Belichick don't like each other anymore. And this come on, this that's, stop it. Yeah, that's stop it. And this, you know what? They, like you, they created a bond, man. Like they, you know, they have a, a level of a connection that with that, you know, that's probably gonna last for a long, long, long time past everything that they've done so you know I, I i genuinely think that these guys uh they have a lot of respect for each other whatever you know and i think also and all the stuff we make up when we talk about i don't think it, they talk about that stuff at all no and you know what and, and give the kid on new england credit too mac jones he could have got caught up in a moment and i don't think he really did he kind of like he could have had that moment overcome him and you know and but you know what? He played pretty decent for, a, you know, this kid's only making his fourth start of his career. And you know what? He held, he held up pretty good against, you know, arguably the greatest of all time. If you want to call him that no argument, but yeah, you know? I, I, I will, I will, I will tell you the one thing with Mac Jones that worries me because a lot of people want to crown him already, you know, because, because everywhere you look on, on the internet, there was like, well, kudos to Mac Jones. And I'm thinking to myself, okay like i think it's more than there is a limit to his game yeah and the problem with the problem with the thing with the nfl is this you cannot be one dimensional and there's a re there's a reason why the they the, the i don't think they've had that many explosive plays there's a reason for that right mm -hmm. they don't only they not only they have um what's his name they got from the Raiders last year, the wide receiver. Oh, I you remember how many balls? You remember how many balls caught through long to Agala last year? I mean, every time you look, they were playing. Carr was throwing a long ball to Agala, Nelson Agala, right? I think the Raiders have, you have seen... a little bit more. I think the Raiders have a little bit more weapons compared to right, the... but but uh, but I understand. But Nelson Agala is uh is known for his speed, right? Yeah, he's and downfield, right? Definitely. Exactly. So so. Maybe you throw a few bombs down the field. No, yeah, I would. And you haven't seen that. You haven't seen that much of that. Yeah. And and when you when you're playing football in such a condensed area, this is gonna lead to bad things happening. And you're starting to see NFL defenses kind of allowing him to take those short throws because right. they know, hey, you want to come with three yards? Hey, man, hey, take the three yards, but you ain't beating me over my head. Right. Until, you know what I mean? Until he does it, right? Until he right. proves it, absolutely. You know, and and like I said, I'm not saying I'm not 
Listen, I'm not saying the kid is a is a bad because I can't because he's being consistent. The problem is coming. The more he plays, in my opinion, they're yeah. gonna be you know teams are gonna start turning on to the idea that hey man, beat us downfield, kick away the the short passes, clog the lanes, and let him throw the ball over their heads. Can you do it? That's gonna be the question. And you know what? The other big news from New England was that they were getting ready to cut. Stephon Gilmore, but they ended up trading wow. to Carolina for a 2023 20, six-round pick. Which, Incredible. Right, which is nothing. Six-round pick? Right. And now Carolina's got a nice cornerback room there until J.C. Horn returns from his uh, from his injury. So, uh, Is J.C. Horn even coming back this year? Wasn't it the broken foot or something that happened? Yeah, but they did say he is returning. So, Okay. Right, so you know, yeah, that is incredible. That that's one of the best corners we've ever seen in a while, right? Mm-hmm. And he's down to being traded to with for uh... rounder. <laughs> Sheesh, man. Yeah, this is football for you. Things happen fast. And also, uh, re-signed. Um, what's his name? Collins, the linebacker, as well. Oh, Jamie, Jamie Collins. Right? Jamie Collins. Yeah, for his, right. I think yeah. that's his third term third try with the with the Patriots so yeah they uh, love their guys man they, yeah, they that's so. the, one of the reasons why they play defense the way they do everybody knows what they're supposed to do and they've been doing it together for a long time yep very long time and then a good Monday night shootout AFC West shootout uh, the Chargers at home well not really home because there were probably more Raider fans there Monday night. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Chargers still pulled it out 28-14. And you know what? This is the kind of game that had almost got away from them. You know, they were up a lot early. The Raiders came storming back. And that's the kind of game that we've seen the Chargers lose, where it's a game yep. they should win and they end up losing. So this is the second week in a row where they're, you know, they're winning these good games. So maybe they finally turn the corner. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I, I think they had less penalties than they've had in the last couple of games. So that's, that's a great, great turning point because they had literally been shooting themselves in the foot, in the foot um, yeah. over and over again. So you, you, know, you stop doing that, then you kind of see the, what they could be as a team. Um, and man, uh, you know they have the weapons with, with Williams and and uh, what's the other kid the the wide receiver they have they have that and tied in and their offensive line has been blocking pretty well and they and Austin Eckler is a hell of a weapon you know yeah, they no, have no. and the yeah they're loaded and that defense is for real yeah you know you know they have the pieces they're they're just they just haven't been disciplined enough to let everything flow and I think the when you ha- when like that that Dallas game, I think that that they lost that game. I didn't think Dallas beat them. I think they beat oh. themselves. Yeah. So totally. yeah. So I think it's I think Chargers. When when all said once all said and done, I think the Chargers are gonna have something to say about the AFC. I'm just yep. saying. Um. All right. So that's week four. Uh, let's get into week five real quick. Let's just give our quick picks, quick thoughts about the games, real fast. Uh, Thursday night. It is the Rams versus the Seahawks at Seattle. Not divisional game. Could anything goes. <laughs> yes. You never know. But I think 
But I think back-to-back bad games for Ma- um, Matthew Stafford, I don't think so. You're going to have something something mimicking a slugfest here. I think that's going to be yeah. 30-something to 30-something. That, I think that's the kind of game you see from that those two yeah. teams, in my opinion. I think we'll see L.A. bounce back as well. Um, yeah. About our game, the Sunday morning game, remember, 9 a.m. Uh, and then how about this? This one's going to be interesting. Green Bay at Cincinnati. You know, we talked about Cincinnati. They're 3-1 and one now. Green Bay, 3-1. and one. Um, Let's see what Cincinnati's all about, you know? Yeah. Good challenge for them this week. That That's the thing. Uh, Green Bay is Green Bay, right? Um, they're still rounded into shape. I don't think they're completely there yet. But um, you know who Aaron Rodgers is, right? He's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he, okay. he's he's back from the bad place that everybody said he was. Oh my god! You had a bad game the first game of the season. Everybody's willing to like throw the guy away into uh, retirement, which is the most ridiculous was, thing I've ever heard. Call a mirage. <laughs> that you won't. See that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, so. Yeah, so they're going to be fine. That's that's going to be a great game, in my opinion. But yeah. question, question marks. Uh, are you ready to face Aaron Rodgers on defense? That's my question. Right, and we'll find out. <laughs> yep. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota one and three. They got to win this game. You know, they they got to keep their playoff hopes alive here. So I'm I'm gonna. You, you got to think Minnesota's going to win that game. Minnesota's defense has been playing lights out. Um, they've just been losing games. They, they've lost games in like that. Like we spoke about that game against that game against the Browns. They should have won that game. Um, and, and, I think they, they, they and, just didn't do enough on offense to win that well, game. They played most of the game or some of the game without Dalvin Cook. He wasn't a hundred percent. Yes. So, and, and he missed the week before. So that's definitely affecting them because he's such a big part of that offense, obviously. Um, so I don't know if he's coming back this week or not, or they're going to try him again. So we'll see about that. Uh, Denver at Pittsburgh. Is, uh, yeah, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is Bridgewater coming. coming back. If Bridgewater is coming back, maybe. <laughs> right. They should be able to the, beat them, but. Yeah. But, but you can't count. Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> the backup quarterback for, for Denver is bad. Again, uh, we're going to keep revisiting this question of should they have drafted yes, yes. Fields? <laughs> yes. We're going to keep, Mac we're going to keep, yeah, even Mac Jones, you're right. That we're going to keep having these questions. Yep. Yep. And we That's know how it's going to be all season. <laughs> yeah, we know the answer. <laughs> yeah. We definitely know. Uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. I'll tell you, I don't think Miami's got a shot in this game, obviously. But Miami, they got to get on the winning streak here. I mean, they're one in three. They're in, they're in bad shape. If they lose, they're gonna, you know, one in four. How many teams do you think? Tua, do you think Tua comes back? I don't know. I haven't heard anything this week. Yeah, neither have I. And I don't know if you want to come healthy, even if you're not. If you're at, if you're not a hundred percent, even if you're a hundred percent, this is not one of those fronts you want to face. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think- remember, remember when we were um, doing um, uh, scouting for defensive ends, and we were talking about Joe Tryon. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
he's rounding into form, huh? Oh yeah. While watching him, man, with with JPP out, he he's been playing a hell of a game. Yep. You now now you're talking about having that kid and JPP and Barrett on the other side, Ooh. and that monster in the middle that they have. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy defense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, by the way, we didn't, we never spoke about the fact that they ended up getting Richard Sherman in, uh, because of their all the injuries they had in at corner. Yeah, um, that's right. I, I, yeah, um, we'll see what. Yeah, he did. He played. I haven't really watched his his snaps yet. I'm gonna go back and watch it, but um, I think I saw a couple plays, and he didn't look bad at all. He, he looked like Richard Sherman right. for a minute there. For a guy who just signed that week, you know, like he's all right, I'm ready to play. Uh, yeah. Uh, next game, New Orleans at Washington. Both teams two and two. Uh, both teams, you're still not seeing what they are yet, I don't think. Yeah. We were talking about Washington, their defense, not playing well. So that's going to be an interesting game because that could go either way. That's a. Yeah, that, that is definitely an interesting game because to me, they're both not themselves at the moment. Right. Uh, they both need to um, grab a Snickers, basically. You know, yeah. you've never seen the ad with the, you yes. know, the Snickers, you know, if you... <laughs> yeah, you get the joke. You're not yourself until you ate a Snickers. Yeah, most definitely they, yeah, they're definitely not themselves. Washington and New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all it's going to take. Um, Philly at uh, the Panthers, the Sam Donald-led Panthers, and they might be getting CMC back this week. They said he might mm. be coming back. If he comes back, yeesh. I would yeah, say because the Eagles see. have had major issues stopping the run. And stopping the pass and stopping everything. So. Yeah, that too. Stopping yeah, those nosebleeds, uh, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Now, we talked about Jacksonville being a complete uh, – Poop show. Dumps the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Rest of the way, it's going to be a mess. So Tennessee's got to get back on the winning, the winning side this week. Um, New England at Houston. Both teams surprisingly coming in one and three. Um, I don't see Houston beating New England there. No, no. Rookie quarterback playing against one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. Man, we've seen this show a million times. We know how it ends. That'll get ugly. Uh, yep. Chicago two and two at the Raiders at three and one, and it'll be Justin Fields finally getting the nod of being the starter now. The you know going forward, so I wonder if that's going to help his confidence. I think the Raiders come back to life here. Um, I think the Raiders are better than they played last week. Um, against the Chargers, yeah. uh, a couple miscues here and there. I think they're going to come back up to life a little bit here. And here's the game. This might be the game of the week. Uh, Cleveland at the Chargers. Both teams three and one. Both teams we've we've watched already, being very impressive. Uh, so this is. I am not. I I will I will go out on a limb and say this. I'm worried about the Browns. Yeah. I'm worried about the Browns, and I'm not. It's not that I'm worried about anything other than the fact that Baker may. I just. Can I, it, I can't get over the fact that something about him bothering me right now. You know, like, you know, watching watching him play. Yeah. Right? This is year four. This is his fourth season. 
He's got to be better. He's, he's like, he's always, he's not, he's never on schedule. He's always looking for a broken play to make a play. Mm-hmm. You can't play football like that. Like, you have to be able to play within the system. In my opinion, again, somebody might be able to correct me. Or maybe I'm wrong. But what I'm seeing is he's constantly can't get the ball out of his hands and he has to run out of pockets. You can't play football like that, man. Not all the time. You're going to get end up getting injured. Um, and it's on him because that offense is loaded. Yeah. It's not like we're talking about, oh, they got issues. There's no issues. That's a, that's a good offense, you know, good offense. When- line, good receivers good running game like and when you could run the ball like that i would think more than anything you could scheme up open areas of the field for your quarterback to get the ball out of his hand you know you should open them up (laughs) yeah i don't know something's up but we'll see you never know uh giants off their victory going to dallas Always a tough game, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a tough game, man. Dallas, Dallas is the only team that, well, they did wake, the Giants did wake up for, for the Saints. So that might, we might have an, a shootout on our hands. So 45-43 game. <laughs> yeah, <could> <laughs> uh, we could, we could, we could have that all. We could have the Dallas winning 40 to like 15 or something like that. Definitely. Because we know Dallas's offense is always going to show up. The problem is we don't know which Giants team will show up. Yep. Uh, San Fran at Arizona. Should be a good one. And Arizona. That's going to be a good one. And Arizona is the only undefeated team remaining. So let's see if they could keep it going. Um, yeah. Interesting game. Um, I Again, uh, is Jimmy G going to be able to play? Because he went out injured um, in the last game. Um, and then does that mean now that they're going to have to draw up a new set of plays for Trey Lance? Or are they going to run the same offense that Jimmy G has been running? Right. Um, there's a lot of questions there, man. And until they could answer those questions, I'm going to go with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, good Sunday night matchup. Buffalo at Kansas City. That should be and just a lot of good football, bro. Yeah, man. I, I like this game. This is this might you talk about a, a shootout. This might be a shootout also. Yeah. Uh this is this is uh this is gonna be interesting. Um Chiefs defense hasn't shown championship caliber. The Bills have been kind of quietly getting there. On, especially on defense, um, they're actually running the ball better than they were last year in the last couple games, which they need if they're going to make another run. Um, man, this is going to be great. I don't know who I'm picking here. I think I'm going to go I'm Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, I just like Buffalo, man. They're just on such a tear right now after losing that first game. I don't know how they lost the first game to Pittsburgh, but uh, they're on a tear right now. So. I, if I'm going to pick anybody, I would pick Buffalo. I wouldn't touch the game if I'm gambling for sure. But, um, yeah, but it should be a good one. Primetime game. Um, and then Monday night, this is another – it could be a decent game too. Uh, Indianapolis uh, playing at Baltimore, and they're at the opposite opposite records. Indy, Indy is one and three, and Baltimore is three and one. So <laughs> – <laughs> 
I I don't I'm yeah, I'm like not I was saying before. Is is the Colts are the Colts are gonna are the Colts gonna be able to run the ball and run their offense? If they could do that against against uh, the Ravens, they have a shot. But if they're yeah. gonna be going three and out a million times, you know what's gonna happen. That that team will run away with that game early. It's true. Um, and that's it. That's the uh, that's the end of the. That's the end of our episode. Um, let's enjoy our let's enjoy our our victory week, and let's hope we go into the bye with uh, two wins in a row. Would would be great. Um, just remember, it's Sunday morning at nine o'clock. The game, so got to get up early and watch that one. But hopefully, we'll be waking up and watching a good game. So we will see you guys next week. See you guys later.